Hey again, people. Welcome once again to Steve-O's Music News. This would be episode 28 on a Monday night, May 10th, and it's been a couple of weeks. Things have gotten busy, logistical things, so here we are again, ready to tackle uh, some stories, some updates, some news, uh, a dip back into the past. I'm your host, Steve Orchard. Glad to have you aboard again, and uh, thanks for taking a little bit of busy uh, time out of your busy schedule, rather, so that we can uh, delve into see what's going on in the world of music. Let me lead off right now with some good concert news. Genesis has announced the North American leg of their last Domino tour, and they actually put a question mark right at the end of the uh, word Domino. That truck will be launching November 15th in Chicago. And concluding December 15th in Boston, the uh, public sale for tickets began a few days ago. Uh, more details about that tour, including VIP packages, are available at the band's website. And according to a statement, quote, the tour and all venues will be following all mandated precautions in accordance with state and local regulations so as to provide the most secure COVID-19-free environment possible. Now, those dates, uh, rather these dates, are going to mark the band's first North American gigs in 14 years, following the end of their 2007 Turn It On Again reunion. The lineup for this job will feature Phil Collins, Mike Rutherford, and Tony Banks, joined by touring bassist and guitarist Daryl Sturmer, and Collins's own son, who also plays the drums, Nick Collins. Now, Rutherford had mentioned the prospect of North American dates back in April, but he also suggested the band's previously scheduled United Kingdom and Ireland shows might not take place as scheduled. Uh, they were originally set for November and December of 2020, but they were postponed first to this past spring and then to uh, September and October right now. Uh, there are a number of dates. Again, all you need to do is uh, just do a little bit of digging here. Go to Genesis and their website, and you'll see some of the dates. I would say, you know, some of the dates that are local to me, but again, this podcast kind of goes all over the place. So all you really need to do is just kind of give it a look and find out where they're playing. But that is good news that Genesis going to be back out on the road again. Also in the world of rock, Ann Wilson has explained that Heart will likely work on new material when the time is right. In a new interview, she said that she and her sister, Heart collaborator Nancy Wilson, are focused on their respective solo projects for now. A new band album, which would follow 2016's Beautiful Broken and the 2019 concert set live in Atlantic City, is not being planned at present. Uh, Anne says, we haven't written together in a while. Nancy lives in San Francisco and I live in Florida. The times when we see each other are the times when Hart tours. And of course, for the last year, Hart hasn't been able to tour, so I haven't seen her for a little while. You know, she's living her life, I'm living mine. But she's collaborating with some really cool people, and so am I. She noted that when the timing works out, or I imagine we'll write together, or we'll take some of these songs that she's writing and I'm writing and do them with Hart emphasizing the certainty of Hart's future, she added, there will be collaboration in the future of some kind. 
Now, later on in that interview, Wilson surveyed how the COVID-19 pandemic has altered the future of concerts, but has also given touring musicians a chance to reassess. She says, I don't think that getting back on the road means it's going to return the same way it was a year and a half ago. We're starting fresh. We're starting from scratch. And whatever shows we do are going to be drastically different. In a way, this time off has been a blessing in disguise because I think we all needed to get some perspective. Those of us in performing bands who are doing tour after tour after tour, well, you know, you can get worn down. You can lose your edge by just riding this roller coaster all the time. But when we do go back on tour, it's going to be fresh and energized and a lot more edgy. You may have heard that the uh, Motor City madman Ted Nugent revealed that he feared for his life during his recent battle with COVID-19. Uh, he got sick recently and said it was so bad I didn't think I was going to make it. I literally couldn't function for about 20 hours. I've never been so scared in all of my life. Nugent described his symptoms as a six foot two, 225 pound headache, like nothing I have ever experienced. I mean, from the tip of my toes to the top of my hair, I literally was dizzy and weak and struggled to even get up to go to the bathroom. Nugent explained later that a group of doctors came to his aid with one even paying for a private plane to take him to a hospital. He says they came from around the world. They're going, hey, Uncle Ted, we got the stuff. Uncle Ted, don't worry, we got you covered. Uncle Ted, we're sending a plane and we're taking you to the UT Medical Center and we got you, man. I could literally cry. It was so powerful. Well, the Cat Scratch Fever singer revealed that he's now feeling much better. It's like, I'm the fastest hot rod at the drag strip where all my horsepower and all my torque and my oxygen levels and all of my vital signs that I monitor through the day are all perfecto. You can actually probably hear him say it by, I think, even going to his Facebook page. He is very active on that. Yeah, Ted Nugent, good to hear that uh, he has recovered from that. All right, let me switch gears a little bit. Uh, the nominations for the Billboard Music Awards are in. Gabby Barrett is the country artist in the lead with nine nominations across several categories, including the all-genre new artist of the year. Morgan Wallen has six nominations, but, you know, of course, he's had his troubles recently. He is not invited to the ceremony. It's going to be funny, though, if he wins on some of these categories and he's not there. But he is also, uh, well, let me give you the rundown here. I won't do all the categories, but as far as top country artists go, uh, Gabby Barrett, Kane Brown, Luke Combs, Chris Stapleton, and Morgan Wallen. For Top Country Album of the Year, Wallen's Dangerous, the double album, is a nominee. Along with Carrie Underwood's My Gift, Chris Stapleton's Starting Over, Sam Hunt's Southside, and Gabby Barrett's Goldmine. And then the Top Country Song... And I'm not quite sure if they do the same, this the same way that some of the other awards do. I don't know if this just goes to the writer or if it's also considered like the record. But the nominees, uh, Jason Aldean, Got What I Got, Gabby Barrett, I Hope, Lee Bryce, One of Them Girls, and Morgan Wallen has two of them, Chasing You, and More Than My Hometown. Don't forget those awards. They are the Billboard Music Awards to be given out 
on May 23rd on NBC. Brad Paisley will be this year's recipient of the Father of the Year Award from the National Father's Day Committee. He is being honored for his work with the store, a grocery store that uh, those in need can shop for free. Yeah, he's, he's been real active with that. It's, it's a pretty cool thing, actually. That award will be given out virtually June 17th. Brad, he does a lot for the Nashville community, a lot that nobody knows about, and has done a great job of keeping his own kids grounded and out of the public eye. One other note in country here, Luke Combs finally did, uh, I don't know if it's finally or not, but he uh, went ahead and released his uh, video for the single Forever After All, which has a very personal connection to the singer. He said, I wrote this song obviously about my wife, Nicole, and it was the first song that I had written in our new house that we have here in Tennessee. Just felt like we were taking a huge step forward uh, with our relationship and with our life, and I wanted to encompass that in a song. So when it came time to create a music video for the track, Luke says it features footage from the best day of my life, the day I got to marry my best friend. I love you, Nicole Hawking. There is a website called thecountrydaily.com where you could probably check it out. But you know what? So many things are making their way to YouTube right now. If you really want to check that out, uh, that's usually my initial source, my uh, go-to site when I'm looking for music videos and things. All right, well, again, it's been a couple of weeks since I last did this. And while I don't mention every single artist that has had a birthday, there have been uh, several that I really want to kind of just mention a little bit about here Maybe some a little bit more than others. Uh, five names in particular right here that within the last week, I think from uh, today being the 10th, so from May 3rd on, there are some birthdays to tell you about. Some celebrating milestones. Christopher Cross turned 70 years of age on May 3rd. I have referenced his name before. He, I'm glad to say, is doing well right now, doing better. He had caught covid and he had some complications, and now I think he's at least able to get back and ride his bicycle. 70 years of age, he, on that was on May 3rd, he will forever be known for a 1980 debut album that just swept the Grammys in 1980, so that would be 41 years ago. He had four top 40 singles come off of that album. One of them went to number one. That was called Sailing, the album if I'm not mistaken, not only did it win five Grammys, but it won or it sold five million copies. I said Saline hit number one, Ride Like the Wind, which was the first single to come off that album, hit number two. There were a couple of other hits called Say You'll Be Mine and Never Be the Same. That is one of my, probably one of my 10, in my all-time top 10, the Christopher Cross debut album. Some really good album cuts on there. He would go on to score a number, another number one single from the movie Arthur, Best That I Can Do, which if I'm not mistaken, I think he won an Oscar for that song. I would have to go back and look at that one. But again, anyways, I could say more about Christopher Cross. He is uh, 70 years old as of May 3rd. Country singer Eric Church also had a birthday on May 3rd. He turned 44. So I started working in country radio again about, or at least the last uh, 
stint in country radio back around 2007. And that's about when Eric started hitting the charts. Uh, His Kind of Money, My Kind of Love, I think is one of the first songs I remember playing. But he's had something like, I think, seven to eight number one songs. And some of those include Springsteen, Talladega, Drink in My Hand, Record Year. Those are some of the bigger ones. He turned 44 years of age. And again, that was on May 3rd. Frankie Valley, 87 years of age, also on May 3rd. That was a good day for birthdays. So Valley, glad to say we still have him with us, the lead singer of the Four Seasons on some of those great 60, a lot of those great 60s songs. They had four number ones during the 60s. The Four Seasons made a comeback in the 70s, and 1975 in particular was a great year for Frankie Valley. Early in the year, he hit number one with a comeback record called My Eyes Adored You, and that had been the first hit single for Valley in like about five or six years since uh, I think it was 69 or so. So he hits number one with My Eyes Adored You. He follows it up with a top 10 record called Swearing to God, and then later on in the year, he does a remake of Our Day Will Come by Ruby and the Romantics, just missed out on the top 10. As that song is on the charts, he comes back with the Four Seasons, who had kind of, you know, they gone through a number of personnel changes at the time. They made a comeback with a number three single called Who Loves You. And then in early 76, Valley was also part of the number one single, December 1963, Oh, What a Night. Ironically, that was the first Four Seasons song that didn't feature Valley on the lead vocal. That was drummer Gary Polchi singing lead on that, but there was a break in the middle of the song that Valley sings on. But anyways, uh, he would go on also to have the number one song, Grease, in 1978. So every time you watch that movie, Grease, that's Frankie Valley singing the uh, theme song right at the beginning and at the end of the movie, 87 years of age on May 3rd. So Tony Tennille turned 81 just a couple of days ago, May 8th. Tennille, along with her husband, Daryl Dragon, were the duo, the Captain and Tennille. And they had a great chart run with songs from 1975 into the early part of 1980. They had the record of the year, I think it was a record of the year, and the number one Billboard song of the year with Love Will Keep Us Together. It was written by Neil Sedaka and Howard Greenfield. But, uh, yeah, what a great stretch of hits. You know, The Way I Want to Touch You, um, You Never Done It Like That, Shop Around, Lonely Night, Muskrat Love. They hit number one in the early part of 1980. With Do That To Me One More Time, which would be their last top 40 hit. Daryl Dragon passed away several years ago. But Tony Tennille, they were married, but then they had divorced. Tony Tennille turning 81 still looks pretty good as of May 8th. And, okay, what else do I have here? I I, I need to back up a couple of days because I also, I think I have six birthdays is the way it turns out. I could say a lot about Bob Seger. He turned 76 on May 6th. He's probably, arguably... Michigan's greatest rocker. The only other guy that I would put close to him would be Ted Nugent. But Bob Seger, 76, uh, so many great albums, uh, so many great songs. His greatest hits album that came out in 1994 is Diamond Certified for $10 million. 
but some of his studio albums were multi-platinum sellers as well. They included 1976's Night Moves, uh, the live Bullet album that came out around 75, which features his classic live version of Turn the Page. Uh, wow, so much good stuff right there. Okay, so I could say a lot more about Bob Seger, but you get the point. 76 years of age. Uh, and then one other birthday to tell you about. Billy Joel turned 72, and that was just yesterday. 72 years of age. His biggest selling studio album was 1977's The Stranger. It sold 10 million, again, Diamond Certified. Spent six weeks at number two. He had uh, three other albums that sold at least 7 million each. These would be studio albums, and then I'm going to get to the other one that really sold a lot. Uh, 1978's 52nd Street was uh, number one for eight weeks. I said 78, right? And 1980's uh, Glass Houses was number one for six weeks. And then 1983's number four album, An Innocent Man, all three of those albums, again, sold 7 million copies. His 1985 compilation, Greatest Hits album, uh, or called Greatest Hits Volume 1 and 2, has been certified at 21 million copies. But one thing different about double albums, uh, I think I'd be more impressed if they considered the entire set a sale, whereas it, because it's a two-CD set, it's considered 21 million, where maybe it shouldn't it be like maybe 10.5 million, but... Hey, that's the way they're ranking them right there. So 21 million total copies of that double set collection. Again, Billy Joel, 72. That was yesterday. All right. Well, if you happen to catch the picture that I used, uh, one of the pictures I used at the uh, outset of this, I hold, held in my hands a, a vinyl copy of a Casey Case from American Top 40 show. I'm a big fan, and a lot of my friends are fans, too. And what's interesting is a, a couple of weeks ago, and again, as I said, it's been a couple of weeks since I did a podcast, I was listening to an American Top 40 show, and I thought as I listened to a particular song that came on, I thought, you know, this would make a, a pretty cool topic that maybe I could revisit here. And if you're a fan of the show, and if not, if you don't remember the show, you'll certainly remember some of these songs. But about 39, four, uh, 39 or 40 years ago, we got into this medley madness kind of stage of music where there were a lot of songs that were medley singles that were on the top 40. And really what got me thinking about this is, again, as I mentioned, listening to a show from the middle of April 1981, I heard a song called Pop Goes the Movies at number 35 in the countdown. Uh, it was only on the countdown for a few weeks. It was performed by Miko, and I'll talk a little bit more about that But as I come up here. But as I listened to it, I remembered how there was a period of all of these medley records. It was like there was a fad going on, kind of like when the Citizens Band Radio uh, had some hits, starting with Convoy in 75, and then Cletus Maggard's The White Knight. There were several songs that had the CB radio as its... Uh, source topic. Well, again, as I'm listening to these medley songs back in the day, like 1981 to probably 
right through 1982. There were these records were songs that just had snippets of different songs with different themes, and the backbeat was on there. You could even dance to some of them. It all began with the Dutch group that called themselves Stars On, and their medley hit Stars On 45, which was basically Beatles covers along with the, in fact, what opened the record was the shocking blue hit from 1970 called Venus, and then uh, the Archie Sugar Sugar, and then the rest of those songs were all Beatles songs in there. That went to number one in June of 1981, and then the trend started, which, unless I'm wrong, I counted 10 additional medley records that made Billboard's Hot 100. That would be through early 1983, with three additional ones by stars on. So, what were some of these records? And there were a few that didn't even make the Hot 100, but went over to cross over and, and make it on the country chart. So, here we go. Kind of a little bit of a recap for you right here, and maybe you'll remember some of these. Stars on 45, as I said, it was the first one, went to number one. Well, they would follow that with Stars on Medley 2. It was more Beatles songs uh, from August of 81, I think, is when it peaked, but it did not make the 40. It uh, got to number 67. Then they followed it with Stars on 45, More Stars which was from October of 81. This was a little bit different, though. It got to number 55, and it was basically various 60s and 70s songs. I think songs like A Horse With No Name by America was on there, maybe Cracklin' Rosie by Neil Diamond. There were some other ones on there. They did make it to the 40 again, though, with the next release, Stars on 45-3, which was a tribute to Stevie Wonder. All Stevie Wonder songs, it got to number 28 for a couple of weeks in May of 1982. All right, so the Beach Boys, they had their Beach Boys medley, got to number 12 for a couple of weeks in October of 81. Self-explanatory. All Beach Boys songs. Miko, here we go. Pop Goes the Movies. Reached number 35 in April of 81. All movie themes. What I like about this one, you wouldn't hear it on the 40 because it was the single version, but there was an album version that's like 12 minutes long, which is much more extended. There were some James Bond, uh, gold, the James Bond theme, the uh, theme to Goldfinger, the good, the bad, the ugly was on there for a theme, the theme from the original motion picture, MASH, but they edited this all down, and uh, Pop Goes the Movies peaked at 35 in April of 81. On that same countdown that I listened to, the Beatles, they show up with their movie medley, they got to number 12 for three weeks in May of 82. After that, well, even the big band and swing eras got into this. Hooked on Big Bands by the Frank Barber Orchestra was a Hot 100 entry getting to number 61 in 82. It was basically a Glenn Miller medley for Frank Barber. So his didn't chart in the 40. However... Larry Elgert and his Swing Orchestra got into the 40 with their Hooked on Swing. And I believe that also started off with In the Mood. It was basically Swing era music. Spent a couple of weeks at number 31 in July and August of 82. Always a favorite one of mine here. In fact, my parents liked it a lot. Hooked on Classics by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Got to number 10 for a couple of weeks in January of 1982. By the way, you can look these up. Go to YouTube, look for them, find them. 
All right, after that, things kind of tamed down a little bit. The Elvis medley was one that, uh, well, you thought if the Beatles and the Beach Boys are doing it, why not Elvis? His medley was a bigger country record. It got to number 31 on the Billboard country charts, but it only reached number 71 on the Billboard Hot 100. Okay, so you have that. And... There was something by, uh, well, I was speaking about country, I say they got into it with a guy who founded the Atlanta Pops way back in 1945, recorded a record called Just Hooked on Country Parts 1 and 2. It was under the billing of Albert Coleman's Atlanta Pops. It's been 15 weeks on Billboard's country survey. It just missed the top 40 in the summer of 1982, peaking at number 42, and then a follow-up called Just Hooked on Country Part 3 got to number 77 in the fall of 1982. Yeah, I, I, I admit, I had to do a little bit of research. I, I couldn't do all of this right off the top of my head. So, yep, for sure, a uh, an era where the charts were kind of dominated with these medley songs for at least a good year and a half to two years, and then the fad wore out. All right, that's it. We're done with this episode for today, episode 28 in the books. Thanks again. Hopefully you got a little bit of fun listening to that again. I like these old American Top 40 shows. It's fun to listen to them. You can normally catch me on my radio gig Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. Frog Country Radio, WJNR out of Iron Mountain, Michigan. Also, if you're a fan of charted music, check out my segment called steve-o's forgotten 45 monday wednesday friday at about 7 45 a.m on whto radio that is www.whtoradio.com we are streaming live 24 7 a song that for the most part is not something you're going to hear very often on the radio anymore thanks again to my daughter sarah helping me out we'll do it again very soon thanks again for listening to steve-o's music news i'm steve orchard